when Kareen Camera moved from New York City to Marin County, California, she became aware of just how confronted her immune system was to all of the perils of living in a giant city like New York City. And she started to open herself to receive even more love, even more support, even more connection through Mother Nature. And she's here to talk about her experiences today and encourage you to take that journey to understanding that love is medicine. Join us. Soul Nectar Show. The Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show. Soul Nectar Show. Thank you so much for joining me every week on Soul Nectar Show. I am so grateful for your presence and for your willingness to listen because, um, you know, I know that sometimes these conversations are difficult. Sometimes they were provocative. Sometimes they make you question your life and your choices. And that process can be a little uncomfortable from time to time. And if you stay with us long enough, I know that you've gotten through those moments and you've gotten to the other side where you get the relief, like this sense of freedom, like you've just been liberated from some cage that you were in and and you got to experience what it tastes and feels like to be on the other side of that limitation that you didn't even know was controlling your life. And that's the reason why I go into the shadows and I open up the light because I want to know what it feels like to be even more free than I feel right now, even more loving, even more kind, even more gentle, even more present. What does that even feel like? Well, I won't know if I don't go through my wounds to find my wisdom. So that's why I open up the conversations here every single week. And I bring other courageous souls on to inspire you with their stories so that you can Maybe find some resonance in the stories that's being shared. Maybe find something for yourself that you can bring home. And today is no different. Today, I welcome Kareen Camera. Welcome, Kareen. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I so loved being on Kareen's podcast. I'll be sharing that out with you in the show notes. If you look up her podcast, it's called Infinite Love Podcast. And it's just... Uh, we had a beautiful conversation over there. And so definitely check out Kareen's podcast. And I want to tell you a little bit more about Kareen. She is an urban medicine woman. She is a spiritual wellness coach, acupuncturist, energy healer, and the host of the Infinite Love podcast. And she's a holistic healthcare provider in the San Francisco Bay Area, where I used to live. I used to live there when I first uh, graduated college. That was the first place I was called to was San Francisco and the beautiful bridges and the beautiful fog that rolls in from the ocean and uh, summers that feel like winter. I love San Francisco. So Kareen is a firm believer that love is medicine and her podcast illustrates how people can overcome life's challenges with love. As a holistic practitioner, she looks at all angles of your health, life, mindset, movement, and nutrition to find your path of deep healing and transformation. And as a result of working with Kareen, her clients experience more love, confidence, wellness, 
and radiant, unapologetic joy. I love that phrase, unapologetic joy. And so if you've been suffering from chronic illness, you're highly sensitive and are looking for a health, spiritual or life support in your life, then Kareen has a wealth of knowledge to guide you back to wellness and into your heart. And like we said before, she lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, but you can find her on the Infinite Love Podcast. So you can always get a little piece of Kareen in your day to help you cope with whatever's going on. So Kareen, <laughs> tell us about how you got started in all of these gifts that you're now sharing, your medicine bag. You know, how did you start forming that medicine bag? Well, it started when I was young. When I was young, I've always was attracted to healing, attracted to the idea of a medicine woman. I saw a medicine woman in a movie and I was like, that's what I am and that's who I am. And of course, when you're young, you don't really know how to navigate those ideas that pop into your mind, but it was a knowing. And I just kind of followed life and and I wanted to become a chef and I wanted to become a yoga teacher. I had all these ideas, but then I ended up working at an acupuncture school as an office manager. And that's when that was a time where I had a cyst in my ovary and the doctors were like, you're going to have to get surgery. And I decided to try acupuncture as a way to heal what was happening in my body because I've always been a firm believer in going towards nutrition and holistic practices first before I go into Western surgery, that kind of thing. And it worked. Within a month, my cyst went away. I had this whole realization that this is the practice that I wanted to do because acupuncture is part of Chinese medicine, which is energy healing, body work, nutrition, breath work, and herbs. And so I decided to learn this whole system of medicine. And that also led me to doing more energy work because acupuncture is energy medicine. And then I went deeper into that. A few years after school, I started learning about esoteric acupuncture. I started learning about shaman healing, doing all these kinds of energy healing courses and learning that and start to integrate all of this, th these things that I was doing. But the biggest part of my healing was moving to San Francisco from New York City 15 years ago when I met my own spiritual teacher that really helped me learn what it meant to be a loving human being and how I could start to use love as my own healing tool. So that in combination with all my schooling kind of created the melange of the work that I do now, which is really helping people see that love is medicine. So it's beyond what you eat, how you exercise and all of those things which are important, like taking care of your biochemistry is important drinking, eating, exercise, but it's also the mindset. It's your emotional health and being able to elevate yourself spiritually. Because if you don't have all those components, then it doesn't really work and there's always something missing. But the most important thing is really dealing with that emotional undertone, letting go of your wounds, letting go of all this emotional pain to allow more love into your life. And being able to love yourself more, being able to share love in the world is so healing, not only for our physical body, our emotional body, our spiritual body, but it helps all the people that are in our lives and it spreads. And that's why I started the podcast Infinite Love with this idea of the more love that you can have in your heart, the more that you can share with others. And then it becomes a domino effect. That's so beautiful. And um, I really can hear the resonance in someone's voice of the love that they hold within themselves. It's one of the ways that I started noticing that different people had different access to love and is like, I'm hearing it from their heart. Like I'm hearing it in their voice. And 
that is something I learned over time in being around people like that, that they didn't just show up on the planet with that intact, that actually getting that clear channel from their heart to their throat took work. So tell me about some of that, your experience of that, because I, f- I hear the love in your voice. And so I know I'm hearing your heart and I know that that means you've done the work. A lot of work. <laughs> and I'm continually doing the work. I would say my biggest wound growing up was feeling that I was not loved. I had this big wound that no one loved me. No one cared about me. I had no friends growing up in school. I was alone a lot. I got bullied and rejected by my peers. And then, and then my family unit was really painful. Like my parents were physically and emotionally how I felt was abusive, but in their mind, they were being disciplinarians and being tough parents because that's how they were raised. But for a sensitive soul like me, I felt like I was being victimized. So my whole life, I grew up feeling like the world was crap and that nobody loved me. And I also felt on a deep level that I was thrown out of the kingdom of God. Like I really felt like God was punishing me for being a bad person. And this was my punishment was to deal with my parents and have this life where I had no love. And all I prayed for was unconditional love. I wanted to get connected to God. I wanted to go back into heaven. Like that was like a little girl. That's all I wanted. It was like, I want to go back to being with God. And so I had to learn how to let go of all my pain around my family and not feeling loved and and also getting over the fact that God does love me. And when I really think about it, I could see where life has supported me and where God has supported me and the universe has supported me. So those were all lies that I was telling myself for so many years. So I had to learn how to like what it means to love. And of course, because I met my teacher who is an embodiment of unconditional love and supporting me, I was able to see what love can do for me in terms of having someone that loves you unconditionally in the flesh really helped me heal because it was like that acceptance, being seen, being validated, and having somebody that has true compassion for you made me feel like, oh, wow, like I am valuable in this planet. I have a purpose. I am loved. And I can give that healing to others. So I think my biggest wound became my biggest superpower because I don't want anybody to feel unloved. Like, I want to make sure that everybody in the world knows that they're loved, that somebody loves them, that somebody cares for them. And because I had that pain, I made it my life's purpose to have no one feel that pain. I'm getting emotional. but Yeah, I really feel your heart opening up right now for us. And I really appreciate your vulnerability and your transparency. And you're willing to, you know, be completely seen. It's a beautiful gift. I know I love your heart being opened right now so we can feel it. I'm curious, was there some inner decision that you made perhaps right before you met your your teacher that opened you in this way? Is there some decision you made? Can you tell us about that? Well, when I left New York... Because New York was like my um, personal hell. Like I just, I mean, there's beautiful things about New York City. I don't want to talk about that bad about it. But for me, it was such a painful space. And I broke up with my ex-boyfriend. And I literally was like, I want to go to a place where I feel powerful. Like where I feel supported and that I want to be a healer. Like I want to help people. And so I left New York City with that intention And I came here and I met my teacher like two weeks later. 
That's powerful for everyone listening to really just take a pause and notice that for Corrine, it was that decision to leave a certain relationship dynamic and that she wanted something for herself and that she took action to claim that by ending the relationship and moving to a different city were very bold actions, you know, and for those of you who've been listening to my story quite a bit, you'll remember that also I had a big decision, right? I said, okay, that's the end of the rope and I'm going to leave this relationship for 20 years and I'm going to go out on my own, even though I have no idea if I can support myself and I'm going to follow this heart calling to take me someplace else. And so those it's not only like the inner decision, but it's a big action of faith. Yeah. I had $300 in my bank account. (laughs) That's a big action of faith. Yeah. Yeah. $300 in my bank account. I was going to acupuncture school. I lived in my first apartment that I moved into San Francisco was in the Tenderloin, which for those that don't know San Francisco, it's a pretty not so safe neighborhood with lots of homeless. And it was intense. And I got really blessed. I found a a new place within a few months and it all worked out perfectly, but it definitely was a huge leap of faith to move to California from New York City. Yeah, that's, it's a, takes an act of courage, right? To follow your heart when maybe everybody in your family is saying, why are you doing that? That's stupid. You know, that doesn't sound safe and creating fear, 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 fear. And I love the thing of fear is false evidence appearing real, And we've got to walk through that false evidence to get to the other side, to find out the truth. And the truth is always being led by our hearts. Like whatever your heart is saying, even if everybody else in your circle is saying the opposite and they're urging you like out of their clear love, you know, hey, you're not doing this right. You know, we know we're so worried about you. We love you. Even if if it comes from love, right, Kareen? You got to follow that voice inside you. Yeah, and I was lucky my parents, my parents are also immigrants. So they traveled from Africa to Europe to America. So when I wanted to move, they didn't have such a big um, no because they left their own homeland to come to the States. So in that regard, my parents were pretty chill about me moving. They were like, okay, great. Have fun. <laughs> they were more like, you're going to become an acupuncturist. Okay. Like the, it was not as secure as being a lawyer or a doctor. It was kind of like this unknown how are you going to support yourself kind of thing? And over the years, they kind of let it go um, because I've been doing it for 10 years. I've been you know, making it happen. And, but yeah, that's the one place where I feel like really nice. It's really nice about my parents. They've been in that way. They're like, okay, go fly. Because they had the freedom to do the same thing from a way more extreme situation, right? Coming from Africa, going all around the world. So, and I think they definitely instill that in me and my brothers. We're all very entrepreneurial and free and want to do different things in the world. That's very interesting. So your family, your parents are first generation immigrants to the United States from Africa. And so that presents its own set of interesting lessons. And, you know, I was thinking about you moving from New York City all the way to San Francisco, where there's very different personalities to those places. Cause I've been in both of those spaces. So I just know for myself that they have very different cultures. They have very different ways that people interact with each other or don't interact with each other. Viewpoints, attitudes, you know, it's so different in California and San Francisco Bay area than it is in New York. So how was your, you know, it can be an opportunity to learn more about yourself, right? So right. what were some of the things that you learned about you? 
Well, when I moved from New York to San Francisco, well, I learned that my nervous system was more jacked up than I thought it was because in New York, people were always like, oh, you're so mellow. You should move to California. And I kind of was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But when I moved to California, I do realize, oh, I am more mellow than a New Yorker, but I'm still pretty jacked up. So it took me about five years to calm my nervous system down. I also didn't know I loved nature so much because in New York, my only nature was Central Park, which I was blessed to live a few blocks away from. But I never saw skies. I never saw trees. I never saw animals, really, other than rats, cats, and dogs, right? So then to be able to go into nature and see animals and see all of the greenery. When I first moved to California, I was like, oh, my God, it's so green. The air is so different. So being able to be in contact with nature has really shifted my whole nervous system down. And I think those are the biggest things that I learned about myself, that I'm actually more of a country girl than I thought. And I feel like a lot of my... I self-identity was wrapped up with being a New Yorker, being hard, being kind of presenting this certain type of presentation, which is not really my true identity, but was something I developed over the years as in terms of protection and just being in a harsh city and being an empath. You kind of have to create a persona that makes you feel safe. And so moving to California where I felt like, oh, I could actually relax my guard. It took me years to be able to be like, okay, I'm an empath. It's okay. I can actually feel my feels and not have to put up this uh, automatic, like hard, no, 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 no vibe. And that took me years to like kind of really soften and be like, and it's still a work in progress, just learning how to be softer and softer and softer and more receptive. That is so fascinating and actually really interesting if you consider the environment, right, is such an important part of your overall health that you're in. But if you've just been raised in an environment, you wouldn't necessarily know that it was impacting your nervous system until you had a different experience where your body could relax to a new level and you could realize even more about yourself and about more that you could relax and be in love and all of these things. These connection, right, is the word that's coming to me the like deeper and deeper levels of connection with yourself and other human beings and with your environment. And what an interesting point you're raising up in New York. I actually had one of my former teachers at one point got the spirit urging to move to New York City from Austin. And she did this for like several years, lived in the city, which is a very different experience And what I noticed in some of her broadcasts and the things she talked about was like, can you be safe no matter where you are? Can you bring your nervous system back into health? But see, you have to have at least had that baseline of like, what is a relaxed, healthy, connected state of being in order to go into an environment that's completely disconnected from that sense of safety and is constantly on high alert? to be able to know how to then bring yourself into safety, like back to that grounded nature safety in that other environment. And what's really interesting is how, you know, so many deaths happened in New York City, right? When the first wave of COVID came through. And there's probably lots of reasons for that. You know, there's a multiplexity of reasons why that happened. But I believe one of those reasons is the fact that everyone's nervous system is so triggered and they don't even know it or how, like what even a healthy baseline is. What are your thoughts on that? 
A hundred percent. I mean, a large part of our immunity comes from having a nervous system that's calibrated and balanced. Our whole fight or flight mode, the adrenals. So if our adrenals are running high and we're always in fight or flight mode, our immune system will always be affected. And so in New York, I am not someone that got sick a lot, but I had a lot of respiratory issues in New York. I had you know, exercise-induced asthma. I always had bronchitis. Like I would cough and cough and cough. I mean, New York City is dirty. The air is not the best, but really it's because I was always agitated. I was breathing more shallow. Now that I think about it, now that I'm here, my breath was all shallow. I was always in fight or flight mode. I mean, my household was not safe. I didn't feel safe at home. I didn't feel safe at school. I didn't feel safe walking around the streets of New York. So I was always hyper, hyper vigilant. And of course, being Black also adds the hyper vigilance on top of that. So I've always been kind of contracted and tight. That was always my way of being. And it took me years to unwind and relax and the first time I moved to California, I was like, oh my God, it's so nice and relaxing. And then I went to Hawaii that same year I moved here and I freaked out. I was just like, this is too relaxing. Like it was like freaking out because it was so, people were so calm that I was so high that it took me, I couldn't even deal with it. I had to go to Hawaii a couple of times before I could really go with the flow because it took me, I just couldn't do it. Like I really was like, why are people so slow? Like, what's happening? Go, 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 go. Like this whole vibe of just go, 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 go. And in New York City, I think that's why people get sick faster. And you're also in close proximity. It's really, really filthy city. And so your immune systems are suffering and you're, you just, it's just not the place to be, to really be truly healthy. It's just too many people and there's not enough trees and there's not enough air. There's not enough contact with the earth. I mean, I didn't put my feet in the grass until I was in my 20s because it was like, I wasn't going to put my feet in the grass in Central Park with all the trash and garbage and stuff, you know? So I don't, if you don't have connection to the earth, I feel like something, you can't really calibrate your nervous system in a certain way because we're like part of this earth. We're part of the rhythm of the earth and not having that connection really makes a difference. That's why now I can't live in cities. I just can't. Like, I I mean, the closest I'll be is the suburbs because I know for me, being able to see mountains and trees and air, being able to touch plants and trees really helped to calm me down. So even if I'm stressed out at work, I can go hug the redwood trees that are right outside my door. You know, it's just like I could just stand by the tree and just calibrate my nervous system. And it's made such a big difference. And being an empath and absorbing people's energy all the time, you really need that outlet of nature to really just be like, okay, Mother Earth. Like, Yeah, I, I've been in New York City and I've seen the trees that have these little tiny bit of concrete removed so they can grow out from this concrete jungle. Yeah. And... I always look at those trees and I think, God, you are a warrior of love to be here because this little tree is holding space for all of this like emotional, mental and physical pollution. Mm-hmm. And psychic pollution. It's so intense. Like if you're a psychic energetic being, being in New York is just like bombardment. It's just so intense. That's why I was so amazed that my mentor went there and my former teacher. I was like, wow, that is courageous. Like to take like that, what a test of your ability to bring yourself into self-mastery when, you know, in the middle of the night, there's, uh, you know, there's fire engines blaring right underneath your window or there's people like having a loud party and you can't do anything about it. And there's like, 
Yeah, that's stressful. It's stressful, but you learn inner peace. I think now I pull in in my experiences from my past because when I was young, I didn't know I was an empath. I didn't know I was sensitive. I just know I was in pain all the time. I was always depressed and I was kind of like, what is happening with my life? And now I think about it, it's more like training because now you put me in a big situation, like going to Costco for some of my friends that are super sensitive, they can't handle it. It's like the lights, the people, it's like a lot. But for me, I'm just like, I can go in super focused. It doesn't really affect me. I can spread love and be friendly because I, I'm like, this is not Times Square. So really. Yeah, this is just, bad. this is really not that bad. I, I have the same feeling. Like, I feel like I feel it all, but see, it's like, okay, there is this piece though, Corinne, I'm going to bring to you. There's a transition. So when, when I was finally realizing that I was empathic and that all this time that I'm picking up all this stuff and I always thought it was all my fault, you know, it was actually me picking up on people's projections, right? Like their projections in relationship, their issues and troubles. And then I'm like, just like this giant lint machine, you know, just like picking it all up and thinking it's mine. Like, why am I so screwed up? You know, like that was often the question I had in my mind. Like, why am I so screwed up? What's so wrong with me that I have to keep going to the psychotherapy because I'm so screwed up. It's like, what is going on? And I finally, as I started getting the information, I was like, oh, I'm an empath. I'm picking I don't have, and they used to tell me you don't have any boundaries. Like people in psychotherapy would tell me that, but they wouldn't tell me how to get one. So it's like, well, thanks for telling me that, but you're not really helping me, you know, because I don't, you're not telling me how, you know, to get one. So it was like, oh, there's this period of recalibration where even some of the, I had developed these defenses that you were talking about just to wall it out, just to keep them out, keep it out, whatever that was. There is this recalibration where I was able to drop deeper and deeper into safety in myself and deeper into love in myself. And then that allows me now to be in spaces where people are doing what they're doing. And it's sure it's negative, but I'm not taking it on and I'm able to just keep my heart open without defending while they're having their moment. There is a transition there. Talk about that transition for yourself. Well, for me, the biggest transition was love. And that's where I talk about love is medicine. Because for me, as an empath, of course, I tried many different things. I did the whole boundary, creating different types of um, white lights and eggs and all sorts of energetic stuff. And what I've found for me is that in order for me to be an empath and be okay and go into the world and not feel overwhelmed is releasing all my negative pain or whatever emotional pain I'm carrying, working on my judgment, working on my self-judgment, my criticism, working on all of those nooks and crannies of the hurt feelings and all of those things has been my process because the more I let go of my own pain, the more I could have the capacity to deal with anyone else's pain from a place of non-judgment and compassion. And I use love as my protection or whatever boundaries or people talk about different things. But for me, when I work on filling myself with love as an energy, like using love as a frequency, then I could walk into a space and feel completely comfortable because I know that I'm sending love out and usually it's received well. You know, some people get tweaked when you're too loving because of their own pain, right? So then, you know, people get triggered in that way. 
But I could still hold space for that because I used to be that way too. When people, when I first moved to California, all these people were super loving and kind. I was like, what do you, what do you want? What do you need? Like, what do you, what do you want from me? Was my behavior when I first moved to California. Cause I didn't, I didn't have unconditional love. So I was like, what do you want? What do you need? Like, you know, you want something from me. That's why you're being so nice. And so I get when people have that response because I used to be that way too. We're not used to being in the world where people just love people and people are naturally kind just to be kind. And so I had to learn how to be all of those things for myself because I was super judgmental of myself. So I expected people to be judgmental to me. Thus, I was judgmental first. And so I had to learn how to have compassion for myself. And I'm still learning how to have more compassion for myself, more compassion for others, more empathy towards others as I have for myself. So the more I grow in my own love for myself and releasing all of this negativity that I'm carrying, the more that I can offer love to others and also just being of service. I think that's my biggest my biggest motivation because the more I am of service, even if I'm going through whatever, it always makes me feel better. So I think that was big. my biggest motivation was to feel better. Like I was suicidally depressed for so many years. And so, and for me, it was because I didn't feel love. So the more love I was able to put in my heart for others, it also helped me heal because it felt like, okay, I have a purpose. Like I can love people. I can be a good person. I could be better than I was yesterday and help my clients more and go deeper in that way. And then it also helped me heal myself, right? Because at the same time, you give a healing, you get a healing. So the more I was able, the more I'm able to give, the more I feel better about my life, even though it's not perfect, I still go through stuff, <laughs> you know, but it, it makes me feel like, okay, like the world's not perfect. It's, we all know what's happening right now during COVID. It's like, so it's like a mess, a hot mess. But I know for me, it's like, I feel good because I can provide a service to somebody. And I feel, even if it's just one person, I'm like, okay, one person got help today. My job today is done. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I love about what you, I love so many things you just said. And there's one thing that's really pulling out for me. It's like, I've had that experience too, of like the shutdown and the turning inwards and the suicidal ideation. Yeah. And I've also had the experience of like leaning into my discomfort to open and opening anyway right. and trusting anyway and like expanding my heart opening everything up to receive, like not trying to keep it out anymore, right. but just like opening and receiving it. And there's such a parallel. I just realized in this moment, in this conversation, is such a parallel with some wisdom I've been getting from Dr. Zach Bush. Oh my God. He's so oh loving. Gosh. He's, I, I think we're all in love with married. him. If he wasn't married. If he, yeah, we're all in love with him. I'm married and I'm in love with this man. But anyway, oh, I love him so much. He's just so loving. Like his messages are so from the heart, so respectful, so gentle, so kind, so present, so loving. And he's telling us the toughest thing we could possibly ever hear. And it's like he does it with grace. And I love it because what he's saying is like, I heard one interview was talking, he was asked about, well, what's your recommendation with COVID? And he's like, well, go outside, go in nature, meet as many people as you can, spend time with them, get biodiverse, embrace it, open up. And the worst thing you could do is hide in your house, sequester yourself, go into fear, go into shutdown, 
that's going to hurt your immune system, the best thing to do is to just open, 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 More. open let it in, yeah. open, embrace it. If Mother Earth has medicine for you, yeah. awesome. Like, yeah. it's like this whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I've been feeling in myself how to be that invitation like he is. which means I got to go down inside me, deep inside and all the places that I close off, like where I'm like, okay, my answer, because I'll just, I'm public about it. I haven't taken the vaccine. My answer is because I don't have a yes on that. I have a no on that. And I have a trust and I have an open and I've got to receive. And I've got stuff to clean up in there. Right, Because I've got some resentments about Western medicine and how I was treated. And, you know, so those are my wounds. Those are the wounded parts of me that until I clean that up, I can't have like the clear, loving, open message that Dr. Jack Bush has. Because when you hear him say it, it makes perfect sense. It's like I can receive his message because he's clear in himself and I'm getting there. I'm a work in progress. Yeah, he's (laughs) He's just so intelligent. Oh my God, he's brilliant. His mind is just so beautiful. Every time he talks, I'm just like, ah. And I mean, I'm just in love with his products. I mean, everything about him. And you know, one of these, I don't know if you've ever listened to the audiobook of uh, Trevor Noah. He wrote this book um, called yes. Criminal, Criminal. Yes, and I love that book too. I love the ending with his mom who, who got shot in the head. And the mom was like, totally like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And, you know, Trevor's freaking out because his mom got shot in the head and usually people die. And the bullet went past her brainstem through her nose and she was absolutely fine. And her response was like, God is my insurance. Like she had complete 100% faith that she was going to be fine. And I think there's some power in those words, like just being able to know in deep down in your heart, no matter what's happening all around you with that clear sense of faith. You can move mountains. And of course, I'm not telling people get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. You know, no, that's a personal choice. Cause it's a personal choice. Yeah. It's really about, like you said, finding your truth in your heart and like what's best for you. And yeah. And opening your heart through that, right? Because there's all right. kinds of contention about this right now. And so there's right. this it what I love about, and I actually will say that, what I love about this current challenge that we're all facing is that it's showing each of us individually where the work is. It's the best shadow teaching I've seen in a long time on this planet where we're all affected and we're all seeing where we project things onto others, where we make people responsible for something that's actually a divine orchestration, right? So we're like blaming a person for the divine orchestration that's happening. And a person can never be in control of that. Like I'm absolutely not in control of whether or not I get this virus or don't get this virus, or if I take the vaccine and then I still get the virus, or I just like, it, I have, I already have surrendered. I know I have no control. Like I, I already know that. <laughs> so, but there's a lot of people who don't know that yet. And so that's also really revealing. It's like, right. where are you protecting, defending? Like, even if you say that you're a leader of light, like, where are you like thinking you can still control this? 100%. Know, like, 100%. And I think, you know, everyone, what I'm not seeing enough conversation about is taking 100% responsibility for your life and your health. Like, exactly. There's no conversation about that. 
Right. Blaming somebody for sneezing on you is not the answer. It's really about how can you strengthen your immune system? How could you get better about releasing the emotional toxicity that's affecting your immune system? Like everything affects our immune system and our emotions is one of the key things. When we're stressed, everyone gets sick. We all know that, but we ignore the fact. But stress also is grief. It could also be anger. It could also be deep, deep sadness, depression. These are all of these things affect our immune system. And if we're not dealing with these emotional pains that are happening that we're carrying in our heart, we get sick. And yeah. And that's one level of toxicity, right? I mean, because Dr. Zach Bush is also talking about our food choices and our right. collective choices with the, you know, the roundup and things like that on all of our food. It's like, we are at the point of big decisions now in realizing that what we put into our body is um, can either be done with love or can be done with unconsciousness. And I, for one, have been caught up in lots of unconscious patterns and I'm taking responsibility to be on that path, that trajectory of becoming conscious with my choices and have that be my norm. And on the way, there's that conscious incompetence. And I'm in that spot right now with sugar. I'm in that spot with gluten and pizza. I'm in that spot, you know, with my choices of how I hold my, repress my emotions and, and if I'm going to experience it and being loving and kind with my words, you know, I'm in the, the conscious incompetence and it sure is a challenging place to be, right, Corrine? It is. I mean, it is. I mean, the sugar was hard. I, I gave up sugar 20 years ago and um, and I was a sugar addict. I mean, I ate candy and cookies and it was intense. And I still love sugar. I just choose to eat fruit instead. But um, it's hard to get rid of the emotional attachment to food and just changing your whole behavior around what we intake. But a lot of it, we just don't have a choice too. Some foods are going to have Roundup and pesticides in them especially if we live in places where we don't have a choice, you know? So that's always why I think everything's all about energy and vibration and praying over food, having good intentions around food, eating and being positive about it. Because even if you're eating a bowl of salad and the whole time thinking, I'm fat, I'm fat, this is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm eating a salad because I want to lose weight and saying terrible things to yourself isn't helping. Right. So it's not going to give you the results that you want. And I think that's why always coming from love and that emotional place is a really good hub or having that be the epicenter and then moving from that place. Because with love, all things can shift inside of you, even if the outside world is going cuckoo crazy. Cuckoo crazy. Woohoo. We're in cuckoo. We're in cocoa for Cocoa Puffs right now. <laughs> really? I mean, the whole, I mean, it's just insane. And it gets worse and worse every day, especially if you're someone that watches the news and gets all wrapped up in that. It's just intense. And the best thing that we can do is I feel like COVID for me has been a time to go deep within myself and be like, okay, like, what can I do to be more stable, to be more grounded, to be more loving, to be more of anything? How can I be more compassionate? How can I be healthier? How can I maintain a certain level of groundedness? And also, I have the responsibility of having clients, so I have to take care of myself to be able to serve more. And that's always my motivation, right? So self-care is so I can serve more people. Like if I'm going down, then I can't help my people. And that's why COVID for me is like, okay, I have to, I've been working on my immune system. I've been doing all that so that I could see my clients and I could be there for people because a lot of people are freaking out. Yeah, we gotta be grounded like mama trees. Yeah, Beautiful. Absolutely. I love that. So, so besides your podcast, Infinite Love Podcast. Please check it out. As I said in the show notes, um, you'll find a link to the interview that I did on uh, Kareen's show and the conversation we had over there. Um, how can people 
work with you, what's a good place to get started? Well, my mo- my website's a really great place to start. It's com, And on my website, you can find all the services that I provide. And for those that are not local to the Bay Area, I do spiritual wellness coaching online. And if you go on my website, you can sign up for a free 15-minute, 30-minute conversation to see what's going on in your life. If you want some support around how you can use love as medicine in any forms of what's going on in your health. And I, if you're in person, if you want to fly to California or <laughs> in the Bay Area, I Why not? offer acupuncture and I do energy healings with acupuncture and I do all sorts of body works and different types of things. But the most things I'm passionate about is really helping people find love in their heart and using that as a healing tool. Beautiful, beautiful share. Thank you so much for bringing your wisdom on the show. I appreciate you very much. And uh, you know what it's time to do, everybody, before you log off is go click love, like, five stars, comments, share it out. This is how we spread the love and the wisdom that you've heard here today. If you got one gold nugget, you know, play it forward, share it out to somebody else who might get a gold nugget from it too. And it's your growth. It's your edge. If you're like, oh, they might not like it and get mad at me for sharing. It's an edge, right? It's like, how can I be, how can I be the invitation for love? So practice, practice, practice. And we're going to give kisses. Are you ready to give kisses, everybody, Karen? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe? like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of the nectar From the source of who you are